0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fire to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: So the field the field of study, um when we th- we think about behaviorism or you know, behavioral psychology or social psychology. There's you know, in my studies, there's, you know, um, Kurt Lerwin, who is like the godfather, the person who created social psychology. So how people sort of interact with each other, right? Behaviorism speaks to how an environment shapes a person, but that also is inclusive of how we engage each other. Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff kind of like builds on each other. So you got Lerwin who's there and then uh, Marston comes behind him and sort of builds this, and it's been popularized and it's been around probably almost a hundred years, like going on a hundred years now. So, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: But there were there was another, and I I need to I wish to had my computer because I go into my studies. But um, there were other psychologists that found that there were like four. They didn't call it D I S and C, Fire, water, like the elements, and we all have a predominant trait. So. This is a science that like people understand from from way back in the day, like everyone's different, but there are four predominant character traits. Yeah. Not character traits, but behavior traits.
1: Right. Even if you think about in the sense of like archetypes, mm-hmm. right, that's a term or like, you know, um, different. It just we as people acknowledge that people, different people play different roles mm-hmm. and there are different types of people in the world how you conceptualize that how you communicate that is is different but this specific you know psychologist chose to put it in four quadrants Mm -hmm. and you know sort of look at it through this specific lens and these four elements of behavior
2: yeah i think like for instance you are going to say yo describe a person using the seasons i think there's, there's something to this four right you would say, okay, my, my cousin, would you describe my cousin as summer, uh, winter, spring or fall? right? And you'll be able to put everybody that you know into four these categories based on your own mm-hmm. your own perception of what a season represents to you. But once we understand that everyone is different, but there are we're not as different as we think. Like there are certain people where you can tell they're a type of person that they're going to exhibit some of these traits. And I think that's when you really start to get into human behavior, mastery, networking, and getting the most out of your relationships.
1: Yeah. What I've realized is we're all doing things for the same reasons. Mm. How we choose to do it may differ. Right. So again, it makes me think about low equation, right? So Where Einstein, you got the theory of relativity, E equals MC squared. Well, Lewis' equation with social psychology is B, behavior, equals P, E, right? So behavior is a function of the individual and the environment. And uh, it it always makes me think about that. What is the P? Huh? Does the P stand for The person. Okay. Right? So the person. Behavior. Behavior is a function of the person and the environment. So B, mm. right, B equals F parentheses P E, right? So behavior is a function of the person and the environment, which means that these are two variables that are at play. So there's, there's like a, a story about the, these two twin brothers, right? And the father was an alcoholic. And they ask one brother, like, why don't you drink? And he goes, well, because my father was an alcoholic. I saw him drink my whole life. And you ask the twin brother, grew up in the same environment, same parents, everything. Why are you an alcoholic? Because I saw my father drink my whole life, mm-hmm. right? So the environment was the same, but the people were different. That right. explains the variance in behavior. Absolutely, right? So we there's a there's the physical environment, but the psychological environment, our internal wiring, we relate to things in different ways. So though we're in the same space, the way we connect to everything in the space is different from person to person. These are four different quadrants of behavior. So you have the D which speaks to the quadrant around being decisive. Mm -hmm. This is, this is the quadrant that is around uh, problem solving, like solving problems um, and how you solve problems. People who, tend to be quote unquote high Ds, are more aggressive, assertive, direct, driving about, forceful about how they solve problems, and people with lower are more thoughtful, more methodical, you know, more intentional about the way that they go about it.
2: Well will the New York in you prevent you from saying high D and low D? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I hesitated for a second, you know what I mean? But like I'm just a general pause. Welcome to the pause. I'm gonna pause the whole pause this for the whole joint. You know what I mean? Like let's just get that in let's get that out the way.
2: All right, so uh, the D measures your your decisiveness, I uh, interaction, your um, your your not ability. I'm not trying to use the word ability, but your preference.
1: Your preference, your willingness. engaging
2: with other people. Yeah. So I'm a high eye. I. I mean, I love this stuff. I love to sit down and have a conversation with people. I love going to hang out, mixing and mingling. Uh, the while when he becomes a celebrity, he's going to be the person that says, I am all drained because I cannot go through the airport without people talking to me. When I'm going through the airport, people talk to me all the time. And I'm like, yo, that's what's up
1: you really rock with the show i appreciate you and i'll just sit there and engage because yeah. i love it that's the difference i'm aii I almost have no eye what's your eye number uh about 27 27 mm-hmm. i'm a 99 and it adapts up to like a 32 and that's about all i got in the-
2: <laughs> <laughs> and a, a low eye for those that are watching just to make you feel safe doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It just means you're more introspective.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't mean I don't engage with people. It doesn't mean I'm like, like anybody that knows me, if I, if I know you already, or if we have a relationship, then I'll rock with you through and through. I'll run through a wall for you. Mm -hmm. If I don't know you though, it takes time for me to let somebody get in my space and I need a reason for us to build connection. I can't just give that away. Right. So I have to build rapport, build trust. Um, people laugh and joke and say I'm like really guarded and like, like secretive and mysterious. And it's just like, nah, it's just like, what are we talking about? Like,
2: <laughs> like, you know
1: what I mean, like, like what do we have to talk about?
2: For sure. And then we have the S quadrant. So, so that- Actually, let's go down to the definition. Do you have the whole thing on here?
1: The definition. Not the
2: definitions, the, um, the, the vocabulary words.
1: The vocabulary words. So Going to the
2: vocabulary words. Because um, this would give everybody a good idea of um, exactly what we're talking about. So you can zoom into the eye. So for those that are, um, zoom into the eye for me. Yes. Gre- gregarious, okay? If you're gregarious, that's the highest form of... Extroversion, not
1: keep it a, a hundred. You ain't even know gregarious was a word. No until.
2: Gregarious, man. <laughs> uh, persuasive. My eyes are persuasive. Meaning I will talk to you for a long time to get you to think the way I think to get you out of your rut. I'm trying to persuade you to be happy about life. I'm trying to persuade you to my way of thinking. I'm trying to persuade you to go to this club. I'm trying to persuade you and I have no problem Having this conversation with you. Yeah, you
1: naturally bring energy to a room. You naturally light a room up, mm-hmm. right? Like, you speak the language of people. Yeah. It, like, intuitively.
2: Yeah.
1: And you, and you like, you genuinely like engaging with it. people. However, let's
2: not put it in a box, because I can get peopled out sometimes. Believe it or not. Well, I mean, you're because, human, right?
1: You're human. Yes,
2: but only because I'm a high I and a high C. Sometimes my high C kicks in, and I'm a watcher. And I and sometimes I'll get in my own head. And once I get in my own head, I've got to kind of withdraw. And I'm adapting. My, we'll get into all this kind of stuff. But yeah. Let's get into the S, man. S, high in patience. Right. How you tend to pace the things <laughs> in your environment.
1: Yeah, just my high
2: S friend. What's going on?
1: What's your vibe? So <laughs> so I'm a ninety nine D, right? Um, and I think that's I think it's interesting. Like me and Dave both have what you call like unicorn profiles in that we have two really high scores in and quadrants that are opposite from each other. Right. So the D and the S are opposites and the I and the C are opposites. So I'm a 99 D, but I also have a really high S. So my vibe is more chill, more cool, more calm and collected, unless there's a problem and then there's a problem then that's, that's different. But, (laughs) but yeah, I'm, I'm chill for the most part. And I like for there to be peace, right? I, I, my mentality is I'm willing to go to war to keep it peaceful. I actually mm-hmm. enjoy it being peaceful, but I don't mind it being right, being staticky.
2: For sure, for sure.
1: So a person who's a is a person who's a high s likes things to be paced, likes things to be predictable, mm-hmm. likes for things to be calm have and a stable. see,
2: Wiggs. Have a seat, brother.
1: You know what I'm saying like you took it,
2: you took you took an assessment, disc assessment, a disc assessment. You never took one. I got you. Don't oh yeah, we're gonna change me. that. Yeah,
1: we're gonna change we're gonna that. Change that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so high S's are like the people who play the background. Mm-hmm. They like things to, you know, what I mean, they they want everybody to be supported. They want to. They like the glue that holds the room together. Yeah. Whatever room there.
2: But that low S go down to the to the low S, uh, out of control, chaotic, chaotic, spontaneity, meaning we listen, we make a decision and we go. We know those people,
1: right? Yeah, you
2: one of them. I'm not one of those. Kinda. So I'm I, I forgot what my, my S was. I'm I'm looking at my assessment.
1: But Yeah, that's in the forties.
2: Yeah. But I'm not I wouldn't go spontaneity or chaotic.
1: I mean, I wouldn't describe you as chaotic, Some I'm I, more outgoing and I get restless. Yeah, and that causes you to be spontaneous sometimes.
2: Not really. Not I, I. wouldn't say I'm spontaneous. In general, now in business, there are certain things that I wanna uh, I wanna go after because I'm high on economics.
1: But I'm saying a person who's a high S would look at you as a person who's really spontaneous and really. So
2: that's why you're calling me that spontaneous because you're
1: high S. I'm mid. But somebody would call me spontaneous, but depending on the scenario, pretend, right? Yes. So
2: that is our. Uh, the C, then we'll have the CSS. And, so, and I think we'll, we'll put uh, mm-hmm. a, a link for you to take uh, the disc assessment in the, it's in the right. comments. It's only right. Then we got our, our C. Yeah,
1: go. Go do the C. Uh,
2: your preference for established protocols and standards, meaning uh, high Cs, I want to do things the way that they are supposed to be and designed to be done. I follow the rules. I am a high C, meaning when I get to a stop sign, I stop.
1: And I don't have no the whole C. car. I don't have no C. So my question is, who set the rules and why? <laughs> like who said that's the way it was supposed to go? Yeah. A, I see a lot of other ways to do it. Yeah, I mean, like. but
2: I want to. I want to follow those and how I see very particular, very precise. I'm going. This is really where people are like yo, they don't understand that I have the perfect profile for a podcaster.
1: You do that is why you are successful in the way that you are because of your profile. You are tailor-made. Made, tailor-made. Tailor-made to excel in this environment. Yeah. I want to have a good time with the person I'm interviewing
2: or engaging with my audience, but also I'm very cautious, meaning I have questions. I'm I'm so cautious that I don't want my audience to get the wrong message. So I'm going to slow things down to make sure we get it right and make sure I understand it. But that's the curiosity. So but you will see some people that are high eye, right? Very extroverted, low C, and they're gonna talk the whole time because they're like they don't have any the 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 patience never kicks in to let someone else explain. Mm -hmm. I've seen that. Or a high D, high I tough podcaster because (laughs) You're gonna go after it you're gonna have a thought and you have no like you don't have any pullback to say let me let this person enjoy this
1: moment mm-hmm.
2: I'm here for what I have to say if a,
1: if a person has really high empathy then you know that they 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 have a good read on people but a person when it's low they don't so somebody you can label somebody a jerk like oh he's he's a jerk he just treats me mm-hmm. like if I see that his empathy is really low, he just, it's not that he doesn't care about people. His brain doesn't process, doesn't see, doesn't see people until later. Like mm. people are an afterthought. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but that's just the way they're wired. So you may take it personal, like, like he just said. He just asked me for what he asked me for. He didn't ask about my day. Like, yeah, because his practical thinking is his primary mode of processing. He's worried about what needs to get done right now. Yeah. He'll circle back and see what's up with you, but in the moment, at first, you know, first glance, it may offend you. Yeah. So, you can't really call that person a jerk or say they're being rude cuz it's a blind spot for them. Yeah. But you, right? You just say, yeah, your empathy is at 9.8. So, if you did something uh. like that, and that would be an indication that you see the person, you know it's going to be offensive and you still chose to do it anyway. I'm a jerk. That it would be like, Dave, why are you being petty." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, All <laughs> right, you're right. You're right. Like, yeah. And and so we have to see how people are made and designed and built to be able to fairly assess who they are yeah. and how they show up in the space.
2: Yeah, I would I would be like it's it's crazy and it's so annoying sometimes, man, cuz like when I'm in a room my spidey senses be tingling, bro, crazy. about what's going on. When we're recording, I can tell that there's somebody here that wishes we would wrap up, mm-hmm. and it's distracting because I can feel that. And now I'm trying to hit that person's hot button, like, and I'm trying to find out how I can engage that one person in this scenario,
1: bro. And it's, it's not, it's, it's magic not. actually. It's magic. To be to have that level of awareness, yeah, but it helps when I'm doing an interview
2: like with a bunch of people, because I can sense when someone hasn't talked in a while, or I can, the mm-hmm. person that's like answering every question. Now I have to direct, Hey, Ryan, I want to hear your thoughts on this, and that's my way of shutting this other person up,
1: right? Hey, <laughs> nobody help him. Nobody help him.
0: My boy, loves I want
1: hey, to. <laughs> hey, listen. But but when you think about it, like if you look at Dave's assessment it's very clear why he's excelled in this particular lane. Mm. Versus everything that you've tried in entrepreneurship to this point, Mm. once you touched podcasting, Oh, for sure. it was, it was like automatic. Yeah. It was the most effortless thing you probably have ever done, but it's because you were designed to win at this game. Everybody is built a particular way. And it's a game that is tailor made for you to excel at you yep. know so it's just a matter of finding that game
2: so your number one the way your brain processes the first thing your brain sees your highest number is practical thinking
1: what do you need to do what do we need to do right
2: now what do we and you see it crystal clear on how we how we fix this situation right now what needs to be done right now that's the first thing your mind is automatically going to like if there's a traffic jam my highest is empathy. I'm thinking it's some people that probably gotta go to work. Oh, I wonder for somebody that gotta pee real bad. Was there an accident? Oh my gosh, are there kids here? What is it? Oh my gosh. Like, I mean the somebody kids. Get be into like, an accident? Yeah, right. Are the people okay?
1: So I'm praying in the car like
2: <laughs> For all the people that I don't know. The oh my gosh, it might be and this is where my mind goes. There might be a woman in like on her way to the hospital to deliver a baby and look at all this traffic. That's where my mind goes. I don't Ryan's mind. Ryan's mind says, yo, all we got to do, <laughs> all we got to do, if that person moves to the side, you know what? I think we need to build. Another lane. We need a lane. This Atlanta traffic is crazy. We Ryan need is lanes. the reason Atlanta got six lanes. <laughs> right, and there's it still was, traffic. It was a riot up there. Like, yo, we need another lane now. <laughs> yo, let's get riot. Right, he might be liable. We'll step out of his car. Try to go to the front. Okay, let's find out what's going on. We, okay, you move to the right, and Ryan we just got
1: the little the little runway. He got the flag. <laughs> <laughs> He's directing people.
2: <laughs> For me, I'm a I'm a C, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the clock. I'm, I'm 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 calculating okay what has to happen for me to get there on time. I am a stickler for time. Like I need to make this deadline and it 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 uh it gives me anxiety. Like if I'm like 1 minute late, 2 minutes late, it really gives me anxiety. And I I've, I've had I've had um, issues with my wife being a few minutes late. These few minutes late should not be that important. That I um, that I create uncomfortable situations with my wife. It shouldn't, but it does. But I've seen some people that are more patient. That are saying, "Well, it's not. It's not that I'm being calculated. I'm just being patient. I'm being
1: passive. This thing is just it. It's gonna get nothing. I could do. But that can come off dismissive, and mm-hmm. that can come off insensitive." Yeah. Right. So I think that's where it's important to understand because for you the time piece where does that come from exactly? Do you remember like what created what created in your mind the need to be structured and on time and like that?
2: I think it comes from uh my mom, she was always late. And I'm talking about like basketball games, practice, got me late for everything. And now that it's in my control, I'm not going to let that happen
1: to be honest, I'm a stickler for time for the same reason. Mm -hmm. Like, people would joke, like, you're gonna be late to your own funeral. Like, I remember being, I remember being, um, I might have been maybe, like, seventh or eighth grade, parent-teacher conference. You know, my mom was working a bunch of jobs, couldn't make it. She was supposed to come in the morning. The teacher was accommodating to come in the morning to meet And I remember her coming like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I'm like, no, I have to go to class. Mm. And I could look right now and see my mother walking down the hall. And I just was like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. I'll just get the report card. You can call her on the phone. Like, it's cool. Mm. My older sister told me later that that hurt my mother. Like, you know, like, I think my mother cried about it or something. Like, it was, for my mother to cry It's a big deal. But I remember those times, and I didn't realize, you know, you're a kid, you don't really understand all that a person is juggling. You know, single mother with a bunch of kids. She was just late to things, and it would rub me so, for me, it was embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, and and me being a D, that's the worst thing in the world. Like, I don't want to feel embarrassed. Then somebody crack a joke, and then I'm fighting somebody because they said something, (laughs) Right, right right right, like, so I'm a stickler for the same reason. So because I saw that, I if I'm late, I'd rather not go. Um, but my environment, I've seen people get done filthy. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen things that you don't even think is possible happen to somebody. Like, how is that, why would that happen to somebody? Or why would you do that to somebody? Why would you do that to your family member? Why would you, like, you know, and I don't necessarily want to get into certain details with certain things, but, like, I've just seen things where it's like, and I've never been the type of person to think, oh, that would never happen to me, right? I've also had things happen to me by people that, friends, family, and I'm like, oh, so I would think, so I think one of the most, I think the thing that really locked me into more of an aggressive means was um, as kids, um, I had a, you know, my older brother was killed by police officers, right? And he was a teenager, like, you're in high school. So, in my mind, first of all, my brother was like my protector, mm-hmm. right? So then I lose protector and i'm like whoa well then how do i navigate and then in my mind i was like the people who are supposed to protect us are not protecting us they're hurting us and people will kill kids because you think like old people die Mm -hmm. i'm like young like kids die (laughs) and like people will kill kids and police will kill kids oh yeah no I'm not giving nobody space to, you know what I mean? Like, and it just, it showed me something about the world that I wasn't willing to like let play out. So now the moment I smell anything, I'm on it. The moment, you know what I mean? Like it, it it changed me. Mm -hmm. It rewired it. Well, I ain't gonna say it rewired me, but it, it cemented the wiring that was already there. So then it was like, it was a level of, okay, I got this yeah
2: I, I got me yeah i was um i'm a real big believer that your environment will change you before you change it absolutely and um I think we all have an we all have a choice of what environment we we uh we decide to stay in and so new york i think i think the environment was create- well maybe i don't know Well, uh, I don't live in New York. I I grew up in New Jersey. I I
1: think it's just by construction, right? Just the way it is. You got 10 million people in a very densely populated area with limited resources. So people will say, y'all so fast paced. It's a lot of things. If you break wrong, if you over break or break too early, it throws off the whole two blocks behind you, right? Like Because there's so many people, one discrepancy is a domino effect. Yo, what's goody fam? Listen, I know, I know, I'm going to let you get back to the episode, but I wanted to take a minute to let you know about the Human Behavior Mastery course. Yes, we have a course that we put together for coaches, consultants, corporate leaders, and entrepreneurs. I know you're listening to the pod and there's all of this numbers and the, the adaptive and the natural, the D the I, the attributes. We put together a comprehensive course to walk you through exactly how to understand each one of the personality types, each one of the values, and we're going to show you exactly how to get the most out of each type, what things you need to avoid, what environments to put you in, and what pieces to put around you to be successful. So if you're looking at taking your business, your life, or your relationship to the next level, make sure you go check out the Human Behavior Mastery course. Back to the episode. Awareness breeds choice, Mm -hmm. right? So understand that you have the power to choose. When you're a child, you don't have that. Yeah. You you your foundational programming will always be your parents yeah. so you have to unlearn that but it's so difficult because this is your most loved person your most trusted person your most protected person your most well at least in our era because now we got to deal with the internet so that's a whole different thing yeah. but our parents were the greatest influences in our lives even if you like this cognitive dissonance and like you could hear something it's like you know that's right but my mother said, "Yeah, that's my mother though, but my mo-. like so now you gotta have the audacity and the courage to choose what you know is right and and move from that and make choices that serve you. Yeah. And I got to the point where I realized like, you know there's things that we know, we know, I know my name, there's things I know I don't know, I don't know rocket science, then there's things that I don't know that I don't know. And that's dangerous because you can't do anything about those things. So when I realized that I was only able to choose based on my level of awareness, it made me hungry to expose myself to new things and to become aware of new things. Because the choices that I'm making are only reflective of the things that I'm aware of. But it doesn't, it's not inclusive of all the choices that are available. So I need to get more lived experience. I need to go and do more things and be around different people because it gives me more choices to choose from. And so now I can live a life that's more consistent with the person I am or the person I want to be. With every personality type, there is an anxiety producer or like a biggest fear. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Primarily, you know, as humans, you know, we're animals, we're just sophisticated animals, but we have a desire to be safe. Mm -hmm. So, your coping mechanism, the way in which you keep yourself safe, is typically what's the the driver of your dominant uh, personality type. Okay. So, for a high D, right, like I'm a high D, a high D's biggest fear is being taken advantage of, right? A high D's biggest fear is, like, someone making them insignificant or someone, um, You know, manipulating them or taking advantage of them in some way. That's why very direct, very assertive, take control. For a high C, though, Mm -hmm. the biggest fear is criticism and judgment. Mm -hmm. So my question is, where does that come from? And when was the first time you felt yourself, right, like cringe at being criticized or being judged by somebody?
4: Ooh. um, I feel like it'll take me some thinking to get to, mm-hmm. like, the exact.
1: When, when was the first time you remember? Or when is a moment that stands out to you?
4: Probably in, like, grade school.
1: Yep, that's usually. Okay.
4: Mm-hmm. Being judged or criticized by my peers. Usually never, like, my teachers. My teachers love me. Usually by my peers.
1: Right. And so... The fear of judgment, right, you have this fear or somebody says something or made a joke or, you know, got a bad grade or whatever it was, and that moment, that feeling made you say, okay, I have to compensate. I don't ever want to feel this again. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do to make sure. This is my strategy for success. This is how I'm going to make sure I never feel this again. And so what you do is you have become a perfectionist. Right, you constantly overthink, you over question, you measure twice, you cut once, you wanna make sure everything is in place because you don't wanna be judged, you don't you put all of yourself into the work
4: mm-hmm.
1: because it said you feel like it says something about you. Yeah. And you don't want anybody to say anything negative about you. So you are you are like afraid of making a mistake. Mm-hmm. You're like a planner, you know. Like I was just watching you. You're like, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta do this. And well, they were saying this, and they were like, I'm watching you go through the motions, right? Mm-hmm. But that's where it comes from, being wired that way. Now it isn't. There is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I don't want you to, to take it that way. No, yeah, yeah. But when you think about why you question so much, why you question yourself and you look, because you believe that there's a particular way to do things.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: A high C wants to, a high C is wired to get it done, but get it done right the first time. Mm-hmm. They don't want to make a mistake. So they ask a lot of questions and mm-hmm. they, they they do a lot of research. And if you give a high C, um, if you let them have their way, they will take all the time in the world to get the answer. <laughs> so you literally have to give them a deadline.
4: Yeah.
1: It's like, I need this by this date. Yeah, And then you work, you know, you hurry up and you work to make sure that you meet your deadline yeah. because you don't want to make a mistake.
4: Yeah. I feel like I'm at a place where I really want to figure those things out because like, Okay, see how you just broke down my assessment for me and it all makes sense? So, like, now I'm thinking, like, but me being a high C and all that, how can I make that work in my favor? Because I don't know if I can change it. So if I can't change it, how do I make that work in my favor? You don't need
1: to change anything, actually. Like, being a, like, C's honestly make the world go around. Like, like we would be living in a chaotic environment. Like, this world would be chaos without C's. Mm. C's put structure in place. C's hold structure together, right? C's make sure things are going in the right place. Mm -hmm. So for me, somebody who's a high D, I just care about getting it done. And it it may not look good. It may, something may be broken. Or it may have taken me five tries to figure it out where you would have taking the time to research and figure out and I'm going to just jump in and go do it. Mm -hmm. But somebody like myself who is just so driving and just goes, 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 I need a C. Cs to me are like the anchors of reality, right? Like they bring everything back to this grounded, pragmatic place of like, okay, I get that this is what we're talking about, but we only have $200 to work with. So (laughs) what can we get with $200, right? Or... That works, but because there's laws in the land, you can't just go and do that because we're going to violate this thing, right? Like, So you keep people out of jail, you know what I mean? You keep people from doing things that they may regret. Mm-hmm. We need somebody that makes us slow down and think, especially the way the world is right now. Things are kind of all over the place, but it's important to hold structure. Imagine if we didn't have these four walls and mm-hmm. there's just, just a bunch of space in here. Right. Yeah. You hold things together and there's value in that. Now, the, the the thing is being aware and knowing what choices to make that actually serve you. Right. Why do you feel obligated to carry the burden of others in the way that you do? Something happened that made you feel like. I need to overextend. I need to accommodate others mm. w- like what what happened that made you feel like you had to do that because not everybody not everybody feels like that
3: yeah That's
1: right true. and it's something that it sounds like y- you've struggled with your entire life when was the first time you consciously remember feeling like what was the switch that went off
3: mm, that's a good question i think it was in my Again, I, so I went to university when I was just after 16. So I ended up mm-hmm. going further. And so I think it was, I f- maybe it's wanting to be accepted. I don't know if it's...
1: Mm. Yeah, say I, more about that, yeah.
3: Yeah, okay, so I think maybe I felt like if I had nothing to give, then... Okay, so I was bullied as a child. My mm. name, My full name is Elion, and I was called Alien instead, so... Mm. It that was like in that was the earlier years and then obviously I was in special needs classes and I felt like I needed to I need to give more so people will like me and they won't bully me or they won't make fun of Mm. my name or the fact that I moved a lot. So I went to so many schools, like in total about eleven. So I went to so many different schools. So it was always I was always the new girl, I was always the youngest in the class and I just didn't want to be picked on. So I'm like, well I let me... I, oh, that's really interesting. I would want to help someone or show that I can be of use to someone or value to someone so that they would either take me under their wing or not make fun of me or my name or the fact that my hair... I, <laughs> my aunt used to come and like do my hair. You know those like, bantu knots yep. at the time with the colours? Mm-hmm. Make fun of my hair. There was always something that people could find to make fun of about me. And I really didn't like it. So... I think I just always wanted to make sure I'm doing something to make somebody happy, to make them maybe like me. As a, This is before, like, even the paperwork stuff mm-hmm. that we just talked about. I think this, I mean, the assignments. Mm-hmm. This was, like, in school when I was, like, seven, eight, right. nine, and it was multiple schools. So being the new girl, it was, like, I felt like it was, yeah, I was always, the alien thing really got to me because they were, like, on the alien 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 and it was just so like I could hear it when I went to bed and mm. yeah and then also I was always often the only black person in my classes so that added to it yep. so I just wanted to make sure I'm doing something I once took 20 pounds from my mom's bag like her purse this was when I was younger and gave it to like a white kid um, not that it's about that but I gave it to her so that she wouldn't so that she would not bully me, basically, so that Mm. she would like me, bring me in. And, I mean, the school found out they, they gave the money back. But I think it might stem from there.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like, one, feeling enough, like feeling worthy, feeling enough, and then couple that with this is, like, my strategy for being safe this is my you know you think about a defense mechanism but this is like a real subtle sly way for me to feel safe and out of harm's way and feel like i belong and like i'm accepted mm. right It's for me to at whatever cost make sure that i'm valuable to somebody and that's me paying my way to being safe and secure right Your personality type, right, based on the assessment, you're an accommodating person, Mm. right? And so we know that your natural inclination is to support others, is to make sure everything is predictable and safe because the biggest anxiety producer for an uh, accommodating person is a lack of security, is a lack of stability, So when you're in a new environment or when things start to get hostile, your immediate response is, okay, what can I do to make somebody uh, not target me, to befriend me, for me to look like I'm a good person and you don't have to, right? And so that's that's your coping mechanism. That's like your strategy for success. Strategies for success are really important, but where we struggle is we will establish a strategy for success when we start socializing, right? Usually in grade school, maybe around seven, and we figure out this strategy, and it works there. Yeah. And then life progresses. And because we're familiar with this strategy, and it worked then, we try to carry it into this situation. Mm. And there's no guarantee that it's going to work. Yeah. It may work, and it may work for a while, and then you usually hit a ceiling. You hit a wall at some point. And then you have to figure out what works for this situation. And it sounds like, and we'll kind of get into that, like you're hitting a point where the accommodating nature that you have is holding you back from the things that you want to experience in life. Yeah. What
0: would you say to a person? who they just took the disc assessment, they read their profile, now they feeling like an expert. Everybody that they see or meet, they think they can, like, peg what their profile is just off of a a, a simple conversation. And they start, like, actually what they do, the decisions that they make regarding that person is influenced by what they think they are on the disc.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and again, I, it, one, take your time because it, it takes a lot of time to develop, you know, mastery of this. Right. It, it You know, for me, I when I took the assessment, I studied my assessment every single day for two years before I ever looked to try to work with somebody or, you know, uh, coach them or do anything like that. Like I really got in tune And one of the things that you start to develop is pattern recognition, right? So behavior, like the difference between behavior and a habit, behavior is something that happens in isolation. It's a single instance. It's nine times out of ten a reaction to something. A habit is a system. It's something that happens automatically on a subconscious level without you really having to do much. And in order for you to be able to consistently identify people and be able to read people and understand and communicate with them effortlessly, it takes time, right? So, me, like, I grew, like, just for me, I grew up playing chess. One of the benefits of playing chess is pattern recognition. You read a board, you know, like, so... I, I already have that skill. And then I just applied it to the, the charts. So nine times out it's, I don't even look through the assessment anymore. I just look at the chart and it just clicks because I've, you know, 10,000 hours. I've probably gone through 10,000 plus assessments at this point. It just clicks. But for somebody who's just doing it, I would say, take some time to study yourself. And once you come to those moments, those aha moments through discovery. Um, one of my favorite things is just to remain in the question. Just ask yourself why or where this comes from, or where was the first time I thought this thought, and why did I think that? Once you start to be able to unpack that for yourself, now you'll be able to guide somebody else through, and and guide them through the the, the journey of discovery to understanding themselves. And in doing that now, when you start to interact with other people, instead of projecting, you'll start asking questions. Well, hey, how do you feel about this? Or why does that make you feel that way? And your relationships will just naturally start to get better. But you will also get better at being able to understand, read people, engage people. You'll be emotionally intelligent.
0: How do you break down? So the way that
1: I look at an assessment, right? So I'm also understanding that they're the three parts. There's there's values and attributes, and they all speak to different things. DISC answers how questions. How does this person prefer to behave? That's observable behavior on, you know, outside looking in. Values answers why questions. The inside, why is this person behaving that way? What's motivating them on the inside? Attributes speaks to what? what is this person naturally gifted at and what order do they process information? If I'm just looking at DISC, right, then there's a couple of things to understand. One, you have to understand that everybody has a unique blend of all four quadrants. I think that's the beautiful thing. It's like as unique as a fingerprint. Everybody has a unique blend, whether it's in the natural or the adaptive, but everybody's blend is their own. Now, you have people who are what I would call pure in that in a dominant area, right? So they're a pure D or a pure I or a pure S or a pure C, meaning like they're only dominant in that one quadrant and the rest are sort of just midline or low, right? Then you have people who have multiple dominant areas or multiple high areas, right? Um, maybe a high D and a high I, or some people have high D, high I, high S, but I can always tell when there's one that is their go-to and their dominant because it'll be consistent in their natural and adaptive. It'll, it'll, it'll mirror each other almost. That's how I know. Okay. This is really your preference. You're most consistent here. But again, everybody has a unique blend. And then you have people who have what I like to call like unicorn profiles, Right? So myself, I'm a high D, but I also have a high S, and if, you know, I mean, I can't really show it here, but the the D and the S are juxtaposed to each other because they're opposites. So I have a I'm a 99D, but I also have a 70S. Dave is another person who has a unicorn profile. He's a high I, 99i with a high C you usually don't get those two things in the same person. And so it gives you this really like unique, hence the unicorn profile term in one person, right? They It's a mix that you don't see uh, very much. And then I will start to look at the relation, I will look at each quadrant in isolation and then I start to look at each quadrant and how it relates to the other quadrants. And then I look at it in totality and I look at, what the story? What stories being told to me through this chart? I look at, you know, the, like you said, each each um, personality type has a, a dominant emotion attached to it. Each one has a dominant fear. Each one has a dominant motivator. I look at all of those different things, and again, because I've looked at so many assessments, it just clicks. But there is a sequence and a process that I go through in my mind, but it just happens instantaneously at this point. That's what I said. Yep. So with attributes, if you look at the left hand, it shows the externals and the right is the internals, right? And the externals are... What I like to call glacial, meaning like they don't really they don't change over the course of your life. Again, attributes is based on axiology. Axiology is the study of how the brain processes or places value on things. So when we're looking at the when we're looking at the externals, this is how you process the external world around you. So when we see empathy, we see um, practical thinking and systems judgment. Well, empathy is speaking to How are you able to process people? How they look, how they feel, like, are you able to process people and to what degree you're able to process people? When we look at practical judgment, practical judgment speaks to knowing what to do in this moment to take action, right? So what is the thing that we need right now to proceed? How to solve a problem in the present moment? Then systems judgment speaks to um, being able to have foresight, seeing where things are going or where things are leading to. So that is all of how we process the external world. Now, the numbers will let us know or basically how high or low the bar is speaks to how visible it is to us. So the higher the bar, the more clear it is, the lower the bar, the you know, the more difficult it is for us to see. And again, everybody has a unique mix. One, most people are dominant in one area. Some people are dominant in two. And then you have people who uh, have what is called triple mastery, right? And they are dominant in all three simultaneously. So what Attributes is saying is when you walk in a room or when you walk in a space, you will notice one thing first over another, so it literally is showing you in what sequential order your brain is processing information. A person with triple mastery, though, processes all three things simultaneously, which is pretty a pretty rare thing. Um, there is no right or wrong. There are you know there are pros and cons to everything, but it's rare for a person to possess triple mastery. Then you have the internals, which can change a little bit more than the externals. And you have uh, self-belief and self-esteem, you have uh, uh, role awareness, and then you have self-direction. Self-esteem and the self-belief speaks really to how you prioritize yourself versus the other things in the world. So if it's higher, it just means that you know to prioritize yourself, how to put your oxygen mask on first. If it's lower, then you have some self-deprecating sort of thoughts, feelings, feelings. Right? You don't really prioritize yourself. You will take care of everybody else around you. Role awareness really speaks to how you identify. Do you identify with the various roles that you play at work, at home, son, father, mother, boss, whatever, versus do you get your sense of self and identity from just being you? And then you have being the self-direction is... We all have a North Star. We all have this, like, thing that we're looking to achieve. How clear and how confident are you in achieving it? For some people, they're crystal clear in how they're going to do it, and they're crystal clear in their confidence to do it. Some people know they're going to get there. They just don't know how, right? And all of that is shown in attributes. Being anyway isn't a good thing or a bad thing. Everything... There is no good. There is no bad. There is no right. There is no wrong. Like people, like you know, for a while I had people like you're heartless. You're emotionless. You and I, you know, it used to bother me. Like people, are like hey, I mean, you don't care, whatever. And I'm like, I do care. I just process. I show that I care in a different way, and I process emotion in a different way. Like I'm, I'm not a monster. I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm more on a stoic end of the spectrum, but I do care about people. I actually care too much. I will overextend myself for people that I love, right? But the thing is, it's like once you're in, you're in with me. But it's fucking hard as hell to get in with me because I don't let people get in. But once I let you in, it's like there's no boundaries. I'll do anything for you. But to the outside world, like if you don't know me, you like yeah, this dude is cold. Like he don't smile. He don't. He just niggas, stone cold killer. Like, but people that know me, like oh, I laugh, I joke, I like I'm I act goofy with you know what I'm saying. Like, but not everybody gets to see that. And people like man, you should be like the, You should you should show other people that side. And for me, it's like it's not for them. It's meant for my people. I give all of myself to my people and it's my circle. But like for the rest of the world, I couldn't spread myself that then I'd burn myself out. So I'd rather go a mile deep with a few people than go a mile wide with a whole bunch. You dig what I'm saying? There is no right or wrong. There's no good or no bad, but it's understanding who you are. So you know how to navigate situations and you know how to navigate relationships with people. Uh, as it relates to um, DISC, right, that started in 2017, um, you know, uh, God rest the dead, Chris Daniels, um, he did my DISC assessment with me. Now I had heard of it before, but not really did anything with it, but Chris did my assessment with me and Uh, me, I'm a, I'm a 99 D and Chris was a D. And so it was so interesting to have somebody who mirrored my actual style. Like I saw myself, I felt myself and it was almost like your more mature self speaking to you in this moment about what you needed to do to evolve. And from there, you know, that was 2017 and I studied my assessment. I studied myself every day for two years before I ever worked with anybody around the assessment so people look and they're like yo man how do you see that stuff and how do you just know and how do you just how does this stuff make sense to you like that and the only thing I can say is just I took the time to learn myself to study myself right through this instrument and in doing so I learned about other people I began to ask questions like why do I do this Like where did this come from or why do I behave this way? And so when I'm working with a client, it allows me to see them through the assessment in the same way. And with anything it's repetition. So the more that you do it, it's pattern recognition. So I can just look at a person's assessment now and I got it. So you're saying that because
0: you took the assessment, Mm -hmm. you trained in the assessment, Mm -hmm. and then you got to know yourself Mm Through the lens of the assessment because of that without experiencing what other people have experienced you could look at their assessment and read their mail
1: right like i can like i don't so here's the thing the assessment is objective data so uh. we can't argue the data because the data is scientifically proven right mm. this is it's data and right. you input the data so i didn't give it to you you put it there so I can tell you the conclusion of the story but you have to tell me the inception you have to tell me okay where did this come from I can tell you I know that you're very structured but when was the first time that you felt like you needed to be structured why did you feel like you needed to be structured and you have to fill in the gap of your lived experience gotcha the lived experience then ties to the data and now now you know now I know everything makes sense Mm-hmm. So, it's just a matter of asking questions. So, and in the process of me studying myself, I had to ask questions and dig and debunk. And, well, where did you get this from? Well, why did you take this? Or, when was the first time you felt like you needed to protect yourself or do this? All of that was revealed to me through me asking questions because of the assessment. Mm-hmm. And so, one of my my favorite You know, just sort of concepts is to remain in the question. Just keep asking, but where does this come from? Okay, but where did that come from? And why did you think this or how did you connect this to this? And from there, you learn by a sense of self-discovery. And so that's a muscle that you develop. So now when I coach people, I can coach from a very true authentic space because I've found that place in myself. So I know how to guide somebody there You know, I can teach somebody how to fish because I learned how to fish. Right. Yeah. One of the questions when I went through my training, right, and this was the style of coaching was like transformational coaching and transformational coaching through discovery, right? And one of the questions that I learned through that process, I learned to ask myself in that process is, what are you pretending not to know? Mm -hmm. Like we so often go to oh no, I don't know, or oh, where did that come, oh, I don't know. That's not true. Anybody that says they don't know, they haven't taken the time to be still, to be present, to be grounded in themselves, to find the answer because all the answers are in here. A lot of times we're being sped up by the world, we're being distracted, and it gets us away from ourselves. But if we take time to be still, to be present, and just ask questions, the answers are there. So what are you pretending not to know? And then from there, you just start asking the questions. Well, why don't I trust people so easily? Hmm. When was the first time I felt like I needed to guard myself or protect myself? And then you start to go back in your lived experience and go, ah, well this thing happened. And I didn't really understand then, but it's showing itself all these years later. And when we do that in enough areas of our lives, it starts to create a, a picture, a more comprehensive picture about who we are and why we behave the way that we behave. There's no right or wrong. What I usually tell people is, what type of person do you want? Because remember, again, fit. What type of person are you looking for? We can hire a cinematographer that's a high D. We can hire one that's a high I, one that's a high S, and one that's a high C. They're all going to do the job, but they're going to do it in different ways. All right. They're going to do it in different ways Mm. so do you want somebody who's going to capture all of the shots on the checklist yes but now things are out of the 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 balance is off it's too much white like stuff is all right Mm -hmm. that's a high d right they're going to get you they're going to check all the boxes Mm. but it might not be exactly the way you want it a high I is going to be talking to the person too much (laughs) and may forget right because the person's going to give them a raving review Because the relationship is there, but you're going to get it back and be like, you missed this shot and this shot and this shot. And it was like, yeah, well, you know, I was talking to the high S is going to take a lot of time to do it. They may not move at the pace you need them to. They're going to make sure it gets done, but it's going to take them more time. And the high C is going to not only get it done, they're going to get it done right. Mm-hmm. very meticulous they're paying attention to every detail yeah. right but what they may not pay attention to is the relational aspect right having conversation with a person like the vibe what's the energy you playing music what's the ambiance what's the right like so right. again with every gift there's a blind spot right and when you know that you know to get one person from every facet because it completes The environment, it completes the team. So you want to have a high D, but you want to have them in the right spot. Mm. I always equate it to this. Making somebody fit in a culture that they don't fit into is like going to, like trying to go sit in a car and you're trying to squeeze in. Or, you know, like I'm from New York City, so getting on a train and it's packed and I'm trying to squeeze into a seat. Yeah, it's un it's uncomfortable. Like I got a person here and here. I'm trying to like adjust myself to get in the seat. Right. It's different when you go home for Thanksgiving though. And everybody embraces you. Hey, how's it going? Da, 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 da. What do you need? Like what? Right. No you. Right. And there's a this family to support. Oh, we know him. He ain't gonna do that. Or don't let her cook that. She don't. Right. 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 The team is embracing you for who you are. The culture is inviting, is warm, versus just fit into this peg. Mm. And so when you put a person in a role, as opposed to making the role revolve around the person, you set them up for failure. You're gonna have to
0: break that down, bro. I understand the concept that right. you just
1: explained, but... So, so if, if I put you in a role Right? So, let's say you are, if I put you as a sales rep knowing you're a high C, right? you're going to struggle with hitting a quota because you're going to want to make sure every single call is perfect. You're going to want to study the script, you're going to want to do this and that, but now I need you, we're going to do math, I need you to make a thousand sales a month. In order to make a thousand sales, you got to make 10,000 calls a month. But you can't make 10,000 calls cuz you're trying to make the calls perfect. Right. You're going to struggle. But it's a volume thing in that case and it's not a It's not laser surgery. Test. It's a it's math. But if I put a high D, the high D is like, "Okay, I'm calling. Nope. Okay. Cool. Next. Nope. Cool. Next. Nope. Cool. Next. It reminds me of the movie, Pursuit of Happiness. Have you ever seen the movie? Yeah. Right. So you remember when he had to compete on a stock floor? Yeah. You remember when he said, I realized I gained a half a second just by clicking the button and not hanging the phone up? You remember that scene? Yep. He gained an advantage by just learning that little adaption. Yeah. He was operating as a high D. If he was trying to follow the sales script, he would have never got that because he would have lost Mm. out on the time to execute. That is...
0: Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Now, if I'm a surgeon, well, I need you to be a high C because I need you to be super exact, super precise. A high D, no. Because, yeah, you did the surgery, but you stitched me up wrong. I got a bad scar. Or... You went in and you fixed this, but you hurt something else, right? Like, mm. right? So, fit is very, very important. The way you do something matters more, uh, matters just as much, if not more, than what you're doing. Right, right, right. Right? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, you want things to be perfect because somebody made you feel like what you was doing wasn't good enough. And you said never again. Yeah. But imagine if somebody said, hey, that's, that's just what you do. Somebody was projecting their stuff on you and made you feel a way and you changed your whole self. Mm. You redesigned a new self based on what that person said. Mm. Nine times out of ten, that's what happens to us. Mm.
0: So, my question about that would yeah. be, it seems like what our, our disc is heavily influenced by our experience as a child.
1: Is that accurate? Yeah, the way it, it informs a lot of a person, a lot of our ways of thinking is established in those first seven years of life. And then every year, every, you know, sort of year, as we grow and develop it becomes much harder to change that programming that initial baseline yeah you know what i'm saying it's no different than the cameras that you use to shoot the base camera is what it is you can you can add lenses and add filters and add little things and trinkets to it but you can't change the base or the body right you sometimes you need a whole new camera to get a different look mm. right so some of it is our natural makeup we would just wired a certain way but a lot of the way that that is deployed is based on our lived experience words without context don't mean anything experiences without context don't make does mean anything right right so when you marry those two things it make you can understand a whole lot about a person right so if if i gave you the perspective of okay perfectionism doesn't exist what a spirit of excellence is. Mm. You, can, you can always embody a spirit of excellence. You'll never be successful at perfection because it doesn't exist.